I'm Jason Kosick, President and CEO of Integra Resources. Integra is an exploration and development company focusing on near-surface heat bleachable ounces in the Great Basin. Currently, we are the largest gold and silver resource endowment that is not controlled by a major mining company. Jason, good to see you. You too. Yeah, you've been here loads though, right? Yeah, it's good. Like, I, I actually love coming here. I, I'd prefer if they did it in the winter so I could ski, but... Uh, uh, beautiful. It's beautiful. I'll take it. But the other beautiful thing is lots of people have rocked up. I hear over 8,000 meetings over the course of the next four days, which is, which is good news. So what are you here to do? You know, I think just give an update to all of our existing shareholders. There's a, a lot of other bigger corporates that are sniffing around for, for quality projects and especially companies that want nav exposure into, into the United States. Right. Okay. So look, you, you did a merger of equals. And you know, it's, it's, kind of, it's almost like that kind of cliche, what do you get if you merge two $100 million companies? One $100 million company, and it's happened, right? The market's been tough out there on you. Um, well, on everyone, but you know, it's been tough on you guys. So what are you gonna do about it? You know, I, you say that, Matt, and, and you're right. The, market's, the market is what the market is, okay? And, and the reality is that, unfortunately, we cannot control the market. What we can control is what we say we're gonna do we do it and deliver it on time and on budget. And, and frankly, you know, maybe there was a little bit more pressure coming from the merger than we thought. That's the reality. Right. But I strongly believe, you know, we've delivered a robust PEA that blew out market expectations. We'll be delivering our updated resource. We're gonna be submitting our mine plan and then the feasibility at the end of next year, uh, all in conjunction with some really big exploration next year in Nevada. Mm. We, we deliver all of that the market will give you value, okay? And, and we cannot control things that are not in our control, right? Right, okay. So, so we, should we split up the, uh, the Nevada and the Idaho? Totally. Let's, let's stick with your baby, uh, um, or babies, down in Nevada, okay? The PA came out, they, like you say, some pretty good numbers, didn't get any reaction in the marketplace. It is a PA after all, but nevertheless, it in indicates potential. So what are you, what, again, what are you going to do about it? Resource. Yeah. So I think one of the things too, you got to forget, you remember is that in that PEA, 80% of the resource is indicated. Mm. Commonly, you don't ever see that. Commonly is 20% indicated, right? Mm. The conversion rate on a tonnage analysis base is around 87 to 90%. You know, on an engineering level, it was about 15% engineering. Reason why it wasn't at PFS is we, did, we, did, we need to do a little bit more network, okay? So we got to remember is that those projects in Nevada have only been drilled on five acres. And we delivered 1.5 million ounces, 80% indicated, and delivered $310 million of value. You know, the initial capex is 115. So when we get the exploration plan of operations, should be Q1, Q2, the idea is, is what we always wanted to do is deliver this PEA so that people can see the economics. And not only that is you remove a lot of the risk. You know, people forget as much as we're in the business of adding ounces in a systematic scientific manner, we're also in the business of risk mitigation. So what we want to do is before you do a, a big drill program, you want to answer what your conversion rate is, what your MET recoveries are, what your geotech is, and how big can it actually get? And once we removed all those and saw, okay, MET's great, geotech's great, conversion's great, this is the scale, now next year is going to be the exciting thing. And you know, every 10% you grow that, 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 that resource is another 46 million in after-tax free cash flow. So it's significant growth. It, it, I think that's the key point and where we're going. Because you know, people will be looking at from outside in at this and going, that's a low-grade project. 
great as king, I'm off right with somewhere else, right? But the economics and the PA are, in, I, I think, you know, you, you have to preach the girl. Yeah, okay? I'm, okay? I'm getting, uh, okay? I'm getting but excited. That, but that's the reality of, you know, of how maybe the average retail investor might look at you guys, right? So you got to say, okay, the grade is low, but that doesn't matter. That's like one variable of many. We are going to demonstrate scale, and if we can, then you should get excited. So what are you doing about that? Yeah, you know, I think people always fixate on grade, okay? Grade is, don't get me wrong, grade helps, okay? Mm -hmm. It does. But low-grade deposits make great miners, okay? And mining is like any other business in the world, Matt. We all know this. It just comes down to margin. So one of the things people forget is you need to look at a strip-adjusted grade basis, you know, that that's really what you, drives a lot of it. And obviously the recovery. And when you do that, you know, the Nevada projects are the highest strip adjusted grade projects in, in the basin, you know, strip adjusted grade about 0. 0.42, 0.45, depending on how we run our, our, our whittles. Yeah. You know, the average in the basin strip adjusted is 0. 0.2. Right. So, you know, these are really robust projects and, and the PEA demonstrated that. Right, okay. So this is an earth moving exercise, an efficiency exercise and relatively low capital. Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, the strip ratio is 0. 0.2. So you blast like a pig, create as much fragmentation so you drop your crushing cost because blasting is the cheapest way to crush your rock. Uh -huh. And you don't have to worry about any overbreak because as soon as you go drill the geotech holes in the wall, there's, they're so mineralized. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into, into calculating margin. And, and uh, we're quite lucky that this is a very, very simple project. Right. Okay. It, it is, but it's, people are missing that. Yeah. Uh, right. And... What are, in fact, what are the comps to it? I mean, who else out there has got something like this where it has worked? You know, the, the prime example, Marigold. Strip adjusted grade is 0 0.15. Now they're moving 55 million tons, uh, 55,000 tons a day. We're going to be around 30,000. Mm -hmm. So it's an economies of scale thing. You know, they're run a mine where two stage, three stage crush. Mm -hmm. um, there's, oh, geez. Gold bar would not be a good example, but uh, there's a bunch of other ones, and I can't remember off the top of my head because I've looked at so many projects. Equinox is another one. Okay, that's so this is probably basic, not the best it, one, but, but you know. you're not inventing the wheel here. This yeah. is st st standard process. Okay, um, and, and, and and let's park up for now. Let's bump bump up to Idaho uh, and what's been what's something happening there. A little bit of drilling going on to get hold of some easy stuff, right? Uh, get some quick cash going. So tell us what's going on. Yeah, so north of the border, uh, we've been drilling all these low-grade stockpiles, okay? Um, if they didn't make the cutoff when, when Kinross had it, it was stockpiled. So there's about 40 to 50 million tons in, in, in these stockpiles. It's already been blasted. It's sitting at surface. It's a free dig. Yeah. So different operating costs, yeah. okay? The other thing that that having those stockpiles sitting at surface is when you go into production, you already have blasted material. So it gives you a lot of flexibility from where you can blend material. Uh, if something happens in one pit, you already have blasted stockpiles over here. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, those stockpiles, the 40 to 50 million tons that we're talking about, uh, will be going into an updated resource that should be out by the end of the month. Okay, okay. Let's go to money. Money's important, especially in markets. Like no one wants to raise money in markets like this. But you've, you've got to, obviously, in Idaho, you, with the stockpiles, there's different ways you can come at financing something like that in terms of like shared costs or, quite frankly, well, I, I don't know. How, what are you thinking about? 
So, you know, realistically, those stock buys are going to have to go into the feasibility that we'll put out in 24. Right. You know, so you're adding right now what was in the PFS on the heap leach only was 81 million tons. We're going to add another 40 to 50 million tons. Right. So how we finance that down the road is going to be, you know, but why should why choose that model? Okay, we we see lots. Of, well, we see enough people come through the doors here and say, "Look, cash is tight, but we've got the stockpile over here, or we think there's enough gold in there, which will give us maybe 30, 40 million bucks, which we won't have to then raise, but we are going to have to raise ten, five, ten million bucks up front now." So, do you know, there's lots of ways you can come at it. But you're saying there's more value putting those answers into a feasibility study. Uh, because we think a market will value that for it. Yeah, and, and, and it has to go into your mind plan of operations because even though they're stockpiled there, you still has to go into your mind plan and you still need to go through the whole permitting process. Now, how we go about optimization and sequencing, yeah. that's the question I think you're getting yeah. at. So do we put the stockpiles at the front? Do we blend it? Do we put them at the end? Uh. That's the question. And we're going to be doing all that optimization work. And I can tell you, we will optimize it to maximize NPV. Okay. That's, that's what we will do and, and, and uh, see if the market gives you value, but uh, I'm sure they will because it looks, you know, every time we do more work, yeah. the project gets better. So that's why I'm always smiling. <laughs> well, yeah, some people will mark you down for that because some of what people do. Um, look, so with, with Idaho, obviously it's, it's had a sort of tough run of it for the past couple of years, but the feasibility study is, the, is the, where the, the time, money, and effort is going. And when's that out? 24? What should be at the end of 24. Right. Okay. okay. At that point, do you say, because it's not your baby, the company's most, you know, so I appreciate that. And there's hope that it would, you know, change things. But how, at that point, do you think that's in a position to be monetized and maybe then get focused elsewhere? What's happening in Idaho? Are people buying in Idaho? Yeah, you're seeing significant investments, especially from Sandstorm and other corporates are coming, moving in there. They see a, a, a big opportunity, okay? Mm. Uh, Perpetua is almost at their at their record of decisions. And that, that'll be a significant catalyst for the state of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, you know saying we'll monetize it out of feasibility. You know, if the price is right, fine. You know, George and I are the largest individual shareholders and we're in the business of making money for, for our shareholders and stakeholders and for ourselves. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the reality. Um, so do we monetize it if the price is right? Sure, Matt. Um, you know, we have a lot of growth in, in the rest of the p- pipeline that we can continue yeah, on. But I, I only ask that because like, I've seen some CEOs like come through the doors here and they are beaten up. They're like, Forget this. I've had enough. I'm selling. I'm out of here. The market has been going on too tough, too long for, for some. And that's probably a factor of they don't really have good assets and they can't access capital, cash constraint, all that sort of stuff. But with a couple of projects in good markets, you know, risk mitigation through different jurisdictions, great stuff. In tough markets, we don't know how long this is going to go on for maybe is a burden too much. Maybe it's too much for you. So do you want to do, do Idaho? Do you want to do, do uh, listen, Matt, My whole life, I'd wa- I'd, I wanted to run a, a, an intermediate to major mining company. Right. And when I see these assets and the quality of these assets, it would burns me to, 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 to let them go. Because to go build another company uh, with this quality of, of kind of resource endowment, yeah is really difficult. Yeah. So, you know, unlike a lot of mining CEOs, I, 
I still got a, a lot of life left in me. Okay, you know I'm young, so uh, I, I'm not I'm not thrown in the towel. Right. But that said, like you know, if someone says here's 0.7 or 0 0.6, 0 0.8, whatever they want on a PNAP basis. Yeah, sure. You know, you got to remember, permitted ounces in the basin go 0.7 to 0.9. That's the average acquisition cost. So you know, it has to be in that range. And right now we trade at 0.1. So that's what I tell the team. This is the journey from point one to one. Okay. But that's why I'm asking you yeah. these things because it, it, it can kind of cr crush you. You, yeah. you know, when you get a constant relentless pressure and you're not matching up to where you think you should be or even your peers or quite frankly, on any basis, on any basis, right? So, um, so let's talk about money, okay? So you, you, a couple of projects, we know what you're doing in, in, in both those projects. How you allocate, what's the best allocation of capital between now and the end of 2024? Because you've got some moments happening in 2020, deliverables in 2024. So best allocation of capital, best return on capital investors. So I think, you know, getting the fees out and, and continuing the permit, you know, the permit gives huge value. How long's that been going? So it's been going, we've been doing baseline work. We actually, last week, we just finished all of our baseline work. Okay. So that's done. Okay. Okay. Um, we were submit the mine plan at the end of December, so this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's basically the, your two-year clock uh, s starts. Okay? Right. Okay. And you need to do a little bit more engineering, uh, a little bit more permitting. So there will be some capital going to, towards that to deliver the permit. The other way we deliver capital is showing resource growth. Right. Right. And, and, and that's in, in Nevada. Right. So that you're not just as, you're not just a boring permitting story. You have nice exploration kind of euphoria stage down south of the border and you have permits delivering real value north. I'm potentially delivering more answers in Idaho. Idaho yeah, totally. Too. Okay. So just on Idaho, people's perception of Idaho is it's tough to do. I don't know, you've named a few mining companies there, but they might be, have been there a long time. New mining permits, new mines in Idaho. Is that a thing? I, I, to I totally think it's a thing. Uh, our permitting and kind of uh, external stakeholder team has done an amazing job building the relationships in not only in the state uh, of, of Idaho, but in Washington, in Jordan Valley. You know, you got to remember Delamar is a mining town. Right, you know, since the 1800s. Well, is that was, is, or could it, be? It, what, what, what? it was, it still is, is right. a good, good point. And our biggest pushback right now in Jordan Valley, where we operate, is they want the mine open tomorrow. Right. Um, so I think we've done an amazing job. And, you know, it's a disturbed site. Uh, there was mining there for a number of years. Um, it's not in northern Idaho, where you have beautiful... Um, speckled trout and all that kind of fly fishing and people yeah. in their third homes going skiing. We don't have that uh, down in southern Idaho. It's right. a lot like Nevada. So right. okay. it's a lot from a social perspective. You don't run into all, all those NGOs that are protecting, you know, beautiful yeah. wilderness like this. Well, same team mines on the way up there. So this is some great, great mining uh, country. This um, Nevada is known for mining. Um, you being there while you're going through the phases, um, you're gonna to have to get all that social license stuff like anyone else. And quite, quite again, quite quick processes. No, I don't mean quick in a derogatory sense. I mean, is the process well-known and well-established? Yeah, it, it's it's very well-established, okay? There's been a lot of turnover in the BLM office. That's one thing that we're, we've been managing. Um, you know, anywhere in the world, permitting is always difficult. 
Um, Nevada is probably the easiest to do it. Uh, and we're very lucky uh, with our Wildcat project. We, we believe we'll answer the question next month or two mm -hmm. or we don't touch the water table. So there's no pit lake. Right. And the life of mine strip is 0.2. So what does that mean? That there's no waste rock facilities. So you can permit it under an EA process instead of an EIS process. So you're looking at kind of six months instead of two years. Right. That's the difference. And there's been, you know, people say, well, how many times has that been done? 16 times in the last 20 years. That's why Nevada's Nevada. Right. Okay. Okay. Understood. So, right. Um, better, better wrap up because I think you've got a ton of meetings, like a ridiculous amount of meetings. Um, is, so your message to current shareholders is, bear with us. We've got a great asset and we know what we're doing. There's a plan. Is that, that simple as that? Yeah. You know, okay. We're going to put our head down and do the work and deliver on everything we say we're going to do. Right. And the market will give you value for that. Okay. And then people, new people looking in at this thing, looking at this going, wow, sub, sub $100 million company. It's got all of these answers, got all of these calfless moments coming, but there must be something wrong with it because no one's giving them credit. What do you say to those new investors? You know, I think it's pretty easy that uh, people like Wheat and Precious Metals ripping apart the data room, some of the best technical people on the royalty and streaming sides, seeing the value and saying, you know what, we need a foot, a toehold into this and giving us nine, taking 9.9% of the company in exchange for a rofer. And when we were running the financing in conjunction with the merger, Franco Nevada liked the project so much, they went and bought the royalties from Watertip. So, you know, you know I, I'm a technical person, but you know, if you don't want to believe our technical team, well, you can go believe the two biggest royalty and streaming companies in the world. Okay. Jason. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, see you around, hopefully. Sounds good. Okay, Take cheers. Care.